Welcome to another episode of The Well-Rounded Wolf with Calvin and Angela, a bi-weekly podcast for those who want to level up in life and become a little bit more well-rounded. We're going to do book reviews, discuss current events, and interview dynamic guests, all with an emphasis on personal and professional development. So if you're serious about moving the needle, you're in the right place. You can learn more about the show and subscribe for updates by visiting thewellroundedwolf.com. You ready? Let's go. What's up, everybody? I'm glad you're back, or maybe this is your first episode. Either way, welcome to another episode of the Well-Rounded Wolf Podcast. We got another good one for you today, but only if you do the work. So let's get started. So folks, y'all know we love to pick the brains of career professionals and entrepreneurs from all over the country. And today's featured guests are David and Michelle Radney. David is a real estate coach from the state of New Jersey who has been in the real estate industry for over 15 years. I became familiar with David through TikTok of all places. He's always dropping great tips on how to become a better sales professional. The tips are geared to real estate, but in my opinion, anyone in any type of sales or business for that matter would benefit. And Michelle is a senior director global strategic marketing ethicon biosurgery and has been in the pharmaceutical industry for over 20 years. She has a very interesting story. So definitely grab your pen, grab your paper, get ready for some big time insights. So David and Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Glad to be here. Absolutely. We're glad to have you. So let's dive right into it. So Michelle, David tells us that you have a very interesting story. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, there's a lot of stories, so I'm not sure where to take that one. But let me just start off by saying, um, again, thank you for having both of us today on the podcast. So I'm Michelle. I'm originally from Phoenix and uh, met David through work, actually, in Los Angeles. So we've moved several times together. We started our family uh, in Texas. We found our way to New Jersey and Part of that story is moving with my career. So as you mentioned in the intro, I've been in the healthcare industry for over 20 years and I started too as a sales professional. So that's what David and I have in common is that we were both young sales professionals grinding, you know, trying to find our way. And uh, now 20 years after we've been married, we've got two beautiful daughters. We live in New Jersey and uh, I work for currently work for Johnson and Johnson. So I've been in the industry and have worked for a few different companies. But as I continue to advance, I found my way here four years ago with the Johnson Johnson family and have really been having a a great time. Nice. Nice. So break this down a little bit for me. When we looked up biosurgery, we saw the term something about, and correct me if I'm wrong, something having to do with cleaning uh, infections with, with, uh, insects or, or maggots? Is, is that correct? Or am I, did I completely? No. Okay. Well, listen, it could be correct for some, but not specifically the work that I do. So in biosurgery, when you think about our medical device platforms, there are several platforms and you think about robotics and when you're going and getting major surgeries and how there's robotics, uh, we have wound closure and that's where you know, the sutures and the needles and the staples that are closing those those uh, wound sites or those incision sites. And then biosurgery for us is uh, helping to 
prevent uh, patients from bleeding out. So it's stopping the bleeding at the site of the surgical site. So there are a lot of different surgeries that people have. You could have, you know, laparoscopic surgery, or if you're having, you know, for women C-sections, or if you're having a spinal surgery, but our biosurgery device and products stop bleeding at the surgical incision site. Wow, interesting, very wow. interesting stuff. Okay, because yeah. we said we got to ask her about that. We got <laughs> we got to ask her about that. Okay, so we'll Michelle, we'll get back to you in a little bit. So David, tell us a little bit about yourself. And I, I see you doing all kind of wonderful things out there on TikTok and teaching people excellent tips. So just give us a little bit of your background. Absolutely. So I was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, and like Michelle said, we met in Los Angeles. We've been married about twenty years. And for the past 15 years, maybe 16 years, I've been doing real estate. And about three years ago, I transitioned from being a real estate agent into being a real estate coach. Uh, I really found that I had a passion for helping other people grow their business and have success. And so I'm always coming from contribution, as you know, from TikTok and sharing information to make people greater. And that's that's my passion. Nice, nice. And tell us about I see it on your shirt there like PUSH specifically is just tell us a little bit about that. So PUSH stands for prospect until success happens. And it's really all about real estate. Most, most people get into real estate thinking their job is to go out and sell houses and have do open houses every weekend. It's really not about that. When you get into real estate, it's about learning how to lead, generate and talk to people. You have to be out there every day having conversations about real estate So people join the industry and don't really understand what it takes. Mm -hmm. And so what I do in my program is I teach you what to say, how to say it, who to call, when to call, how to follow up with people, and more importantly, how to listen, Mm -hmm. how to listen and how to close a deal. And so that's what real estate is all about. And it's a, a contact sport is what I like to say. And my push program will train you how to get out there and prospect, but more importantly, how to grow your business and close deals. Okay. All right. Nice. Nice. And Michelle, it sounds like you lead. How how many people are under your, uh, I guess, direct authority? Yeah. So I, the role that I'm in now, I have uh, global marketers that report into me. We've got a team of five. I have been in this role for just about a month now. So it's pretty new. The work that I'm doing in biosurgery marketing and Before that, most of my career was in pharmaceutical sales and marketing. Mm -hmm. The last job that I had, I led a national account management team. And so we had a group of probably close to 75 people on my team that where I had direct reporting responsibility for. Mm -hmm. And over the course of leading different sales teams, it's been as small as seven or eight and as big as close to 100 of those sales reps. Wow. And what do you think as a leader of that many people or even all the way down to just seven, uh, what do you think some of the core traits and characteristics are of a good solid leader just in your experience? Well, I think, you know, one of the things for good leadership is having empathy, listening, and being able to inspire and motivate people. I think as a leader, we also have to understand that we get the work done through other people. You know, many of us, and the term I'll use is an individual contributor. I was a sales rep 
I sold a lot of product, right? When you become a leader, you're not out there toe to toe or belly to belly with whoever that customer is, but you have to be able to get 10 people or however many people report to you to be able to do the work. So you can be really smart and really bright, but if you don't have those transferable skills and the motivational skills and the way to engage with people, which requires empathy to meet people where they are, you won't be effective as a leader. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we hear a lot about, let's see, what book was it? I re- recently read a book. Ooh, I, I want to say, I don't know if it was Eat That Frog or not, but it, it speaks of, it may have been Poke, Poke the, the box, box, but it speaks of people, people, like people that are in, genuinely into other people and then process people, people that are like, well, okay, we have a documented process right here. And it follow these steps and you'll be successful. Here you go. Uh, David, would you say that you are a people person or a process person and why? You know, I, I'm definitely a, a people person. Um, and it's, it's really interesting because by definition, I'm an introvert. And, and to me, what being an introvert means is you get replenished by being by yourself and spending time alone. However, as a coach and being in real estate, if you want to be successful, you need to be out talking to people every single day. I mean, that's the job. And it's interesting you mentioned the book by Brian Tracy, Eat the Frog, Mm -hmm. because that whole thing, um, a lot of people get into real estate and don't realize it's a people business. You have to be a people person and you have to talk to people every day. And it's the one thing most real estate agents don't want to do. And so we have them read that book, Eat the Frog, like Mm -hmm. you mentioned, because that thing that you don't want to do is the thing you have to do first every day. Mm-hmm. And so uh, most people get into real estate and they're not people persons. And we have to teach them like the conversation that, that you have every day are important and you have to wake up and be purposeful and get, get after it early. So, All right. okay. All right. Very, very interesting. Very interesting. So Michelle, what are you people or process? Well, it's interesting. I thought that I knew David would say people, but I thought he would say a combination. So I actually am a combination. I think David is too, because part of what he teaches, you know, one is the connection, right? That's the empathy. But really what David teaches is a process. Like you, it is, you have to do the basics. You have to learn the process to be successful and not just wake up and wing it and think it's going to happen. It's not going to knock on the door. So I'm a little bit of both also. Um, so I have to connect with people, but in be it sales or in marketing, there is a process about how you achieve success. I'm not so much of a process person that you can't have flexibility. I think that I'm very flexible, um, but you, there are steps in order to achieve. You can't start at you know A and then jump to M N O P and think that you're going to, you know, get there. And so helping people understand what that looks like. And I think it's the same thing in our personal lives as well as our professional lives, but that's where I, I try to lend, you know, my experiences with people. And there are a lot of really successful people that, you know, say people come to me and they want to know, how do you do this? And they see you, you know, 20, 30 years into your career or doing what you're really passionate about. And people want to wake up and do what you do today, just mm-hmm. like that. And it doesn't work like that. And, and that's really, I think, also a part of leadership, but mentoring 
and giving advice to people on what that process looks like. Mm-hmm. The work. It's the work. Yep. Mm-hmm. Blueprint. Okay. Absolutely. So how do you deal with, and I guess I want to ask this question of both of you, and I guess we'll start with Michelle. How do you, if this happens, how do you deal with, you know, you have all these things coming across your desk and people want you to be so many things. Do you ever feel like, wow, I'm not, I don't know, getting back to that imposter syndrome or fear and self-doubt and those kind of things. Do you ever feel those things? And if so, how do you deal with and overcome them? Yes, I deal with them. And on a regular basis, I mean, almost pretty regularly. Um, And I think now recently I started to feel that because I switched jobs. I was still with Johnson & Johnson, but switched to another uh, area of our business, something I don't know much about. And I'm learning and it's it's a process and it's learning about the business and the customers and the products, uh, the people around. But I say, you know, part of what helps me every day, honestly, is that I'm married to David because he's my cheerleader. And when, you know, I walk out of my office and say, well, office at home and I say, oh my gosh, I just got off of this call and I have no idea what they're talking about. (laughs) And he says, you're new, you'll get it, you'll learn it, you'll figure it out. But it is putting in the work. It is you know, really studying the business. Um, Yes, there are a lot of things that come across my desk and it's, you know, trying to parse out the things that I can handle on my own and not being afraid to ask for help. And one of the things I say is I'm not afraid to say, I don't know. I'm not afraid to ask for clarity. You know, I sit in a room and if people are saying things that I don't understand, I'll ask, tell me what you meant by whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Um, to not make assumptions that, you know, what I think it is, is actually what it really is, because then you get down the way and you've made some, you know, decisions based on an assumption that later on, if you find out was wrong, you put yourself and people around you on your team in a, you know, probably a, a poor position. Um, so it's, it's take a, a minute to think it through, mm-hmm. to look at, you know, what the options are and asking for help. And I say that in my personal and professional life, you know, I think as a woman and um, a a leader and a mother and a wife and a daughter and all these things, I think that women can have it all. I honestly do, but I don't believe that we can do it all. And we have to ask for help and get support from people around us. Amen. I so agree with that. Love it. Love it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So fear so what do they say fear is false evidence appearing real i don't know if you guys have heard that before but that always has resonated with me and if i can just give a little backstory on me that i think may help a a lot of people uh when i when i met michelle you know all growing up through my entire life i had a fear of public speaking and i was in a position with the company where i would sometimes sabotage myself where i didn't want to get a promotion because i knew that meant holding meetings, being in front of people. And I was so uncomfortable public speaking, right? So mm-hmm. I, I worked on this for years, t- taking Toastmasters, saying no when I, saying yes when I wanted to say no, because there were opportunities that would come across my desk and the fear got to me. And I wanted to say, nope, don't want to do it. And because I wanted to say no, I said yes. Mm-hmm. And um, because of that, it got me to a point in my life where, it's baby steps, right? You, you crawl before you walk. 
I started getting stronger where I could pre present in front of two people and then in front of five people and then in front of 10 people. And what I realized was the best way to deal with fear is to really understand my big why and my purpose. Mm -hmm. And in the way um, it was explained to me, I'm an encourager. Someone told me that many years ago that I like to encourage people. So I leaned into that and that allowed me to push past some of the fear in my life. And I meet real estate agents every day that have that same fear. And I think that's why my coaching program has grown so much is because I understand where they're coming from and I can actually step into their shoes and guide them and coach them to get past the fear and lean into their strengths. And, and so that's what I do. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Um, do you coach, do they have to be a part of a particular um, uh, company or just, they just, no. okay. So, so the way I look at it, and some people may not agree with this. For me, I don't care what company you work for. I don't care how long you've been in real estate. There's enough business for all of us. And so my whole thing is if I can help you figure out a way to get out there and be successful, I'm going to help you because I know if you help enough people get what they want, you'll get what you want. And so I'm always coming from contribution and invite anyone into my coaching program. We can all work and learn from each other. And that's my mindset. Absolutely. Okay. And we'll give you an opportunity to give this again at the end of the show. But since we're right here, how would somebody uh, look into your program? Find information. Yeah. So the easiest way is probably my website, which is my name, David Radney Push. Okay. And so if you go to my website, you can get information on, you know, the coaching program and I'm all over, you know, social media, David Radney push on Instagram and on, on TikTok. You can find me as well. And YouTube, mm -hmm. um, you can look into the program and here's what I'll say. I give so much information for free on TikTok. I, I, I'm not trying to discourage people from taking my coaching program, but I do want to say that for me, it's more about helping people and coming from contribution. Mm -hmm. And so if you just want to get a taste and a feel for who I am and what I do, you can hop on social media, like how you found me and see so much great information that can help you be a better sales professional. Yeah. And I will attest to that. I, I truly, I mean, I'm like, this is great for anyone, really. I don't care what industry you're in. Um, you know, if you just want to, you talk a lot about role playing and, you know, Fighting that fear, I think, if I'm not mistaken, today's post was about, you know, riding by that for sale by owner sign and, hey, I'm going to, you know, catch yep. up to them later or whatever. And you're like, nah, -uh, stop now. Go up there and knock on the door and let's make this thing happen. So, I mean, absolutely. the content is, is absolutely wonderful. I can Thank attest you. to that. Yes, sir. So how do you gauge, Michelle, how do you gauge talent if and I don't want you necessarily to speak from, you know, I guess the company's standpoint, but just when, when people are interviewing or if you think of like, these are the kind of people that I want on my team and these are the type characteristics that I, that I really value, what things come to mind? Yeah, I, you know, it's situational. Um, I think there are a lot of just core things that um, for a certain role, right, uh, or if you're looking at take it out of my professional life. If I'm doing something with a mom's group, if I'm doing something at church, a women's group, you know, it, it, there are people who um, are going to be the loudest voice in the room and they're going to be people who you never hear from. And everybody's got something to offer. Yes. It's about how do you tap into understanding what someone's strengths are and how do you bring that to what's needed? So if I'm looking for somebody who is a salesperson, 
I obviously want somebody who's going to be a go-getter, who's outgoing, who is someone who can connect and understand what, you know, customers are looking for, understand the technical details of your product or service. But if I'm looking for somebody who um, is creating a website for me, they may not have to do all of those things. And so looking at really the skill that they bring, the creativity, um, uh, the nature of which someone solves problems, all of those things, depending upon what the situation, you get to them in different ways. That's the thing. And I think for to go back to your question earlier around leadership, you have to be a leader that is versatile enough to understand that it's not a one size fits all. And if I'm looking for this type of uh, role, it's going to be different skill set and strengths and for something else. When I was looking for someone to help us with our kids when we were working, I was, you know, that's a different kind of person, the responsibility and, you know, looking at someone who you trust to, for your kids to be in the car with. Those are all, you know, different skills that someone brings to the table and to a particular group. Love it. Love it. So, David, uh, I often, in my mind, I think that everything is sales. Like, I don't care what you're doing. I think you're in sales. You want somebody to marry you, you need to sell them. You want somebody to buy from you, you need to sell them. You want your kids to understand a concept, you need to sell them. So that being said, um, when there's somebody who's sitting at home right now and they're like, I don't know, I'm ready to make this career change, but I've never seen myself as a salesperson, uh, what would you say to them? What do you think they should think through? You know, here's what I'll say about that. Um, for, for me, a person that makes a good salesperson is someone who's highly motivated. And the people I come across, they're either running towards pleasure or they're running away from pain. So if you're motivated and coachable, mm. you can be a great real estate salesperson. You can be a great salesperson in general because there's a blueprint. There's like Michelle was saying earlier, there's a process that's laid out to you and it tells you what you need to do every day, every hour, every week to be successful. However, if you're not motivated, you're not going to show up and do the work. Mm-hmm. That's that's the trap of being in sales. A lot of times you're an independent contractor in real estate. You don't have a boss saying do this or else you're fired. However, if you don't do the work, you don't make money. Yeah. So you need to be able to motivate yourself and get up and get after it. And so for me, knowing the motivation and knowing someone's coachable will allow me to see if they're going to be a great person uh, to be in real estate. Okay. Okay. And so when you talk about being coachable, every time I hear the term coachable, I think on the other side of that, just the term that comes out to my mind is like hothead, a hothead, I guess someone who knows everything and I'm stuck on my, my last job. This is all about what my last job did. And this is how we did it. And this is why we did it. And I'm not doing anything different. Or they have high yep. emotions or they have <laughs> high emotions, little in, yes. inside thing. But, uh, do you, uh, agree with that or what do you define as being coachable? So for me, and, and here's what you said, that, that hot head, that person, it's what Dr. Phil says. Do you want to be right or do you want to have results? Right. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the, the person who's coachable is the person who is willing to let go of all the training they had in the past and sit down with you and consume the information. But the information is in power. 
It's implementing what you learn that's the power. And so to me, that's someone who's coachable, who's going to sit down, take the lesson and not have that analysis paralysis where they're thinking over, okay, how do I do this? And they're constantly in this state of non-action, but someone who's going to implement and get out there and do the work a person for me. Yeah. I agree that all of the things that David said, and we find people oftentimes who ask for advice and, you know, they want to hear, you know, how should I think about this? And then you give them advice or in this situation, you're coaching someone and they don't do anything with it. Or um, as you say, you did this, but maybe you can tweak it a little bit in this way. And some people are open. So it does require being coachable. You have to be open to feedback Mm -hmm. and want to get better and not just being right. Or this is how I do it. This is just how I do it. Well, that may not be working. I'm giving you advice on how to do it a little bit differently. It may not be better, just different. Yeah. And being someone who's going to be open to hearing that feedback and then taking action on it, whatever it may be. Yes. Yes. Because if you're continuously doing what you did, you're not getting any different results. So why not take the advice of someone who has a different perspective? Right. I, I so agree with that. If you can continue to do what you've always done, you're going to get what you've always gotten. Exactly. Period. Amen. Amen. So we hear so much these days about vulnerability. I think it's Brene Brown that has a book on vulnerability. As, as leaders, people that, you know, have a lot of things together, um, what do you think? How do you show uh, vulnerability and do you YouTube Personally, do you think that you can be vulnerable with teams and talk about weaknesses or things that um, you may not have all together? Just what are your thoughts on vulnerability? I'll I'll take this. And here's what I'll say. Um, I've learned that people resonate with you more when you're being your authentic self. And I think the reason my coaching program has done so well is I'm okay sharing my story about my fear of public speaking and what I did to grow. I'm okay when I make a mistake to come in and say, I'm sorry, that was the wrong information. Here's what we need to do. And so when when people see me as a leader and as a coach, be vulnerable and and, and be upfront and just be my authentic self, they're more willing to listen because they know that I'm coming from the heart. It's not just, hey, you're a new customer. Here's a paycheck. I'm being real with you. I'm talking to you about my life and what I've been through and how I've grown and I want you to, you know, have that same experience with me through coaching as well. Love, it, love. Absolutely. It. Do you think? And David, just don't. These are just general numbers here. But if somebody's at home and they're considering getting into uh, real estate, can you just share, like, from starting, what their investment might be from getting certified uh, to going through any kind of training through what a typical person might make and i know that varies by state and all that but i just want to give like a little bit of a snapshot of what they may have to start with and what they could uh what their lifestyle could be if you wouldn't mind sharing that yeah so again it, it varies depending on where you live because the price of homes are completely different but what i will tell you is real estate school um to go through it you're going to probably spend on average maybe five hundred dollars maybe a thousand depending on how quickly the program goes And so once you have your license, you take the exam. There are certain board fees that you have to pay for to get licensed and get ready. So maybe $2,000 total to order signs, order business cards, to pay all your board dues, um, to pay for the exam, pay for the exam prep. 
you might invest a thousand to two thousand dollars to get started. And there's no reason why an agent in their first year couldn't make one hundred thousand dollars a year. Oh, okay. By following the process and following the blueprint. Um, the the thing that I would tell anybody sitting at home thinking about getting into real estate, a lot of people get into it because they think I can make a lot of money and I can have a lot of flexibility because I work for myself. And it's true, we do work for ourselves. However, you have to treat it like a business and you have to wake up every day and have work hours that you follow and the system that you follow within that work week. And if you treat it that way and you follow a system and you follow a process, again, you can make $100,000 a year in real estate your your first year. Nice. Coachable. Nice. You're coachable. Nice. <laughs> You're coachable. <laughs> nice. Hey, be, so everybody out there, be coachable. There's, there's a... Uh, a nice Absolutely. lifestyle in it. Okay. The other thing I think about real estate is that you can't go in it for the money either. You need to go in knowing that your main goal really is to help people, I would say. And if you right. make those relationships and help people, then you can make that 100K that you were um, discussing. But if you go in just for the money, because I think that most people that go into certain jobs, real estate, insurance, et cetera, just for the money, they miss the opportunity of the relationship building. I, I don't disagree with you on that. Uh, we call it commission breath. When you, yes. when you come, it's all about making the money. And that's why real estate agents have a, a, a bad name. They consider us like used car salespeople, right? Because so many people are looking just to make the paycheck. What, what you have to understand, I can make a relationship with you two, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not me just helping you buy a house. Well, then it turns into all the people that you know that you would introduce me to mm -hmm. that would buy and sell and invest in real estate. So if I understand that my job is a problem solver and help to help you solve your problem, if I focus on that, you're going to have such a great experience with me. You're going to be my biggest advocate and tell everyone about me and that they have to use me. Absolutely. But if I just go in for the paycheck, I'll get paid from you selling your house. One time. You won't use me again. You won't refer me. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So, Michelle, when, so we're in 2021. So when we hear about the uh, glass ceiling and race relations and all these things, and obviously uh, you both have, you know, moved through and, and transcended. But so I guess this is two parts. What do you think you have done that has allowed you to achieve? And where do you think we are going? Just as a society in terms of glass ceiling and race relations in a, in corporate America. That's a great question. So for me, um, you know, being a being a black woman in corporate America uh, has never been easy. Um, one of the questions you asked earlier was about vulnerability. And for me, that's part of what my success has been. It took me a while, honestly, when I first became a leader of people, a sales manager, took me a bit of time to understand the point that David made that people want to know who you are. People aren't as interested in, you know, how many widgets you can sell and, you know, all those things. It's, Tell me about who you are. What's important to you? What drives you? What What do you wake up thinking about? And having a, a family and, you know, experiencing uh, work in corporate America as a woman of color, as a mother, you know, having 
children while, um, you know, having my career and continuing to advance my career, it was learning that I can talk about some of those things, the right circles, the right environment, letting people know what I'm really interested in or excited about. But I think the other thing, um, you know, from a, a business perspective is also letting people know what I aspire to do, where I aspire to go. And that helps the people around me also open those doors. And so when it comes to the the glass ceiling, I think it's still there. Um, I think it's pretty obvious when you look at corporate America, when you look at the lack of female CEOs for uh, large private organizations or public organizations, it will continue to be there. But what it takes is more of us taking a seat at the table, more of us saying yes than saying no, um, getting the right support systems around us so that we can take risk. Because I think that's what it's about. You know, you got to take risk. You got to do something different. You have to step out of your comfort zone. But it's hard to do if you don't have the right support system around you, be it, you know, your family, whether you have children or don't have children, whether you're married or not, you still have to have the right professional and personal support, emotional support system around you for you to be successful. But I think for women, we have to say yes, and we have to be willing to bet on ourselves and take the seat at the table. And when you get to the table, you have to help somebody else get to the table. It's not, it's no longer a zero sum game. When I started in this industry, there were one or two women, there were one or two people of color. That's not the case anymore, but it's my responsibility and the role I'm in now to help others get to the room that I'm in. Exactly. I love that, Michelle. Love, love that, Michelle. Love it. Awesome. So how do you add value to the uh, like community? Are y'all active in any uh, community efforts or things? Y'all can just speak to things that resonate with you in that regard. Go ahead. I'll start there. Let me just take this one. Um, <laughs> so we do a lot of things that in the community and, you know, the before COVID, of course, the church that we were uh, a part of. But one of the things that we do together in honor of my grandmother is we have a team to support the Alzheimer's Association. So even before Alzheimer's disease impacted my family, one of the products that I sold as a pharmaceutical sales rep uh, was for Alzheimer's disease. So I had known about the disease and treatments and how to resources to help families. And little did I know that many years later, Alzheimer's disease would impact our family. So my mother, our, my mother would, was the caregiver for my grandmother and her name was Hattie Johnson. And she passed away from Alzheimer's disease in 2019. And since then, we have a team that we've formed and we help raise money and raise funds. And our team is called Hattie's Angels. So I have a hashtag Team Hattie's Angels. And this year, our goal is to raise $5,000 in support of the Alzheimer's Association. And those funds go to research, go to helping with uh, support and resources for families that are you know, living with Alzheimer's disease. So there's a walk every year and uh, we take a part of it. And it's, it's a lot of fun in the fact that people are all working towards a common goal. And we want to, you know, find a cure for this disease that robs families of memories, robs, you know, individuals of memories of their past and who they were. And for those of us who are left to watch that, we see the diminishing, you know, of people that we love around us. And so we're really excited of 
our fundraising efforts and continuing to support the Alzheimer's Association. Okay. And give us that. If somebody wanted to support, tell us how they can support again. Yeah. So there's a few ways. So you can go to the Alzheimer's Association uh, Walk to End Alzheimer's website and you can support Team Hattie's Angels, which would go to our team. And then David's doing something exciting. I'll let him tell you about other ways to support. Okay. So outside of real estate, I'm also a, a landscape and nature photographer. So um, I have a website, davidradneyphotography.com. And during the month of August and September, all the sales proceeds from people who are buying my prints and images, all the proceeds are going towards our goal of raising $5,000 for uh, in Alzheimer's. So that's what we're both doing. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. That is nice. I, I didn't uh, realize the uh, photography thing. I'll have to check that out for sure. Absolutely. And, and, I'll send some links over to you on that. Okay. And where can we see your work again? David Radney's photography.com. Okay. All right. Cool. We'll make sure we put that yeah. on the we'll, website. We'll put that on the show notes. We've been kind of slacking on show notes, but we'll make sure and do show notes for this episode and, and put all that Thank on there. Yeah. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I, I make sure I share that with you. And if I can say something about the photography, um, you know, every week we all have 168 hours. We all have the same amount of time. And um, we get so busy, whether you're in corporate America or you're an entrepreneur, we, we are so busy grinding all the time that we forget to take some time out for us. And so one thing that I've been really good at, very diligent about, is carving out Mondays to go out and do photography and take some time to just have a brain dump and figure out what's going on in my life and what I want to focus on. And um, going out and doing photography every Monday has taught me so many valuable lessons. One being patience. You know, you're, you're, you're trying to find great pictures. You have to sit there and be patient and wait. And uh, there's some really great lessons that I've learned along the way um, with the photography and it's blessed me. And the photos are my way of showing gratitude to people uh, and how I show gratitude every day. Wow. That's awesome. Wonderful. Awesome. So what is now? This is a, a toss up as we start to wind it down here. Yeah. Uh, what is a is, is there a qu what should I have asked you that I didn't know enough to ask? I have it. Go ahead. Um, one of the things that we also have passion together is cooking. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Cook together. I love to cook. David has uh, a grill and he loves to grill. I said to myself. One of the things that I'm now aspiring to become is a pit master, which I'm not doing that great at my goal of that, honestly. <laughs> She's doing good. <laughs> I so so. But that's the one thing is is cooking, which is a passion of ours. Oh. It, it's a big passion. And we actually have a contest going on today. We're doing a rib cook off. So we have rib smoking right, right now. now. Oh man. Okay. So Wait, we're let a contest me... tonight. Hold on. We need to get a flight. Yeah, 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 I know. We need to get on a plane. Post some pictures, share some pictures or something. Uh okay. if we're ever in the area, we can be your testers. <laughs> I will always post. And it, it brings me back to an earlier question um, that we were talking about. You know, um, when we moved to New Jersey, we moved to an area where um, it wasn't very diverse. Mm -hmm. And so you talk about dealing with race relations and uh, needing to grow a business in sales and not having a lot of people around you that look like you and um, being told by people who look like you that you're never going to have success there because people won't choose you and won't hire you. Um, I use all the postings I do to let people get to know me as a person. 
I share more than Michelle shares, but I share my photography. I share my cooking videos. I share all the things that I'm passionate about. And as people get into your social media and start following you on Facebook, they start finding things that they connect with you on. Oh, he likes to fish. I fish. Oh, he grills. I grill. Oh, you're into cigars and scotch. And you find these common grounds. Mm -hmm. And so then people start having conversations and you start building rapport and you start building relationships. And that's how you you get successful in sales. And so mm -hmm. that helped me in my real estate business by uh, by being so social and posting and making sure people knew who I was and what I was into outside of work. That's a great tip. That's a great tip on you know building common bonds. That, that is mm -hmm. awesome. That is great. Yep. Okay. Michelle, I don't usually use profanity, but in my opinion, <laughs> okay. you are a badass woman. So um, give I want the listeners to have a little bit more about your background. Tell us a little bit more about you. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. I Sometimes I, I pat myself on the back and feel like, okay, yes, I am. I can be the badass that I am most days, but there is this imposter syndrome that happens. So just a little bit about my background. I'm from Arizona. I'm from Phoenix. Uh, I went to school in Phoenix. I graduated from Arizona State University. Um, when I started my career, I got my first job right out of college. I did interviewing for major pharmaceutical companies while I was on college campus. I got my first job and I didn't know anything about corporate America. I didn't have a lot of examples of what that looked like, um, be it, you know, people of color or not, just because the environment that I was in. And I got my first job and I went to Northern California. So I got this company hired me and they said, well, we've got a job and it's in Sacramento, California. And I said, I'll take it. And I packed a U-Haul. I had very few things that I owned. I packed a U-Haul and I found an apartment. I went to California and I started my life there. And I remember um, my first job and the amount of money I was making. And um, in my job at the time, I got a company car and I thought, I have struck it rich. I get a car. They're going to pay for me to do all these things. And, and, and it has been a, a fantastic career for me. But, you know, I've been able to advance and progress and um, have the support of my family to take risks and to take bigger jobs and to do more in my life, uh, which has been so rewarding. But when it comes to who I am today and where I've come from, it's really, a, you know, always a constant reminder that you can do it and we can be successful and you have to put in the work and have the right people around you. But you know, the, the healthcare industry is a, an interesting one and I'm, I'm motivated by it. I cho chose healthcare. I stay in healthcare because also I want to help other people. Yes. And regardless of, you know, I've worked for a number of companies and have sold and marketed different products. And I do things that are important to me. I'm in an area of business that I have passion around because I believe that when I show up at my best every day for work, that patients and their families are better for it. Patients have an opportunity for a certain therapy because I or the people that I work with have shown up at our best at work. So I take that with me and I try to instill that as you also as a mom, right? Or as yes. a dad, I try to show my daughters that and being a mom, 
who's working all the time and trying to find balance and, you know, traveling um, and having, you know, David as my support. And he says, they see you doing this, right? You're the days that I feel bad that I've missed something or that I can't make time for something at home. You know, David will remind me that it's the example that I set for them and that, you know, going to work or working hard, whatever they want to do in their lives, it's putting in the hard work and you can have and do just about anything that you want to do. Absolutely. You really can. So was there something in your life that inspired you or pushed you to become driven like you are? Yes. So for me, my, my biggest motivator when I was growing up was unfortunately, I'll say the examples that I had around me. So I had examples of what I did not want to be, who I did not want to be, what I did not want to do um, in so many different ways, you know, just growing up in, a, in, in an area or around people and not having examples. So I didn't grow up with examples of I can do that or I want to be that. Um, it was the opposite. And so when I was going to school, at one point I thought I wanted to be an attorney. And when I, by the time I finished college, I was like, I'm so tired of being broke. I am so tired of being poor. I'm not going to law school. I just need to get a job. I need a job that I can finally just have something, start, you know, a life and have some money. And um, when I was in high school, I knew that education was going to be my way out of the world that I was, you know, kind of in. I didn't have the money to pay for a college application. And you have kids that are, you know, out of your house and technology is different today than it was many, many years ago when I was in school. Yes. But um, a friend of mine, one of my good friends in school, her parents paid for my college application. I applied to one school. I got into the one school. Somebody paid that one application fee for me. And that changed the trajectory of my life. Education was it for me. Wow. Single act. That's awesome. And I think our listeners, especially female um, women, just black women, will really resonate with your story because it's always good to hear someone bring it out of the dirt and see how successful they are and let people know. Because we live in Mississippi, in the greater Jackson area, and there's a lot going on here. Um, But to hear a positive come out of a maybe not so positive at the beginning, maybe there was a little negative there, but to hear that and to see where you are today, that will inspire some other young girl who may be in a similar situation who doesn't have positive um, people around her, but know that she can get out because you've gotten out and how successful you are today. So thank you for sharing that. I just, you know, I, you. I'm pro woman, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Well, yeah, this has been fabulous, y'all. Y'all are easy to talk to. Y'all made it really easy for us. So great episode, great information. Y'all are just, you yeah. know, dropping dropping knowledge everywhere. So I, I hope I hope and pray that we can do this again. So don't be don't be strangers at all. Yes, please don't. And uh, do you absolutely. have anything that you want to share, like any book or anything that you read or anything that you? I'm I'm not a social media person. I think 
well, Calvin's not either, but any books or anything that you might want to share with the listeners to um, empower them to read or anything? The program that I run, Push, we actually have a book club and we're starting a book called The Miracle Morning. And it's about how to get your day started in different rituals in the day, whether it's journaling, exercising, eating correctly, having some quiet time and meditating. Um, they say that if you want to win the day, you have to own your morning and get Amen. your day started right. So it's it's a great book to read. You can also go to YouTube and just type in Miracle Morning mm -hmm. and they have the audio book that you can listen to for free. It will change the way you think. And um, what, what I would say is just fill your brain with good information. I'm always on YouTube listening to people like Lisa Nichols, T.D. Jakes, even Stephen Harvey and Will Smith. They all have these nuggets that inspire you. And it's all about what you're putting in your head, especially in the morning time when you wake up. Mm -hmm. You know, I share gratitude in the morning. I have an affirmation that I say I am a powerful creator. I create the life I want and I enjoy it to the fullest. I, you know, so I have affirmations that I say every day. And I, I think it's really important to have a great morning ritual in your life. Love yes. it. Love it. Love it. He reminds you of someone else, you know. Donnie, yes. Yes. That's sitting right so, next to you. Yes. Angela, <laughs> so. And what's the journal that you use? The five minute journal. Okay. And it is, um, it's more of a, uh, a led by journal. And so what I love about it is it really does teach gratitude and it takes five minutes, but there's a section you do in the morning and there's a section that you do in the evening, mm -hmm. but it's two or three points. I mean, it's five minute journal because it really, it takes you five minutes to do it. It's not something that you have to be overwhelmed with journaling every day. It's very quick, but it makes you think about what's around you and what you're truly grateful for. And it's the little things. It could be, you know, the way you started your day or that the person in front of you paid for your coffee or someone said something nice. Um, it's what you put out there and it helps you to realize really the small things. And I, I really enjoy using, it's called the five minute journal. That is great. That is great. Thank you. Yes, All right. And I just, one last time, how to, your website, Dave, or how to get in touch with you, and then uh, yep. yours, Michelle. So, so for real estate, it's davidradneypush.com. For the photography, it's davidradneyphotography.com. Yep, and so for the Alzheimer's Association, I believe it's at alz.org, and when you go there, you can uh, select the Walk to End Alzheimer's Disease. And our team is Team Hattie's Angels, and we'll send the information and the link so that you have it for your viewers, your listeners as well. All right. Awesome. 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 Well, thank you again, both, you both. for being here. Uh, Y'all were awesome. Yes. And we're going to wrap this thing up. Well, my good people, that just about wraps up today's episode with David and Michelle Radney. Hope you received some good actionable takeaways that you can put into effect right now. If you like the show, please like, share, subscribe, and leave a review. We want to hear from you. What are your biggest takeaways and action items from today's show? What topics or guest interviews would you like to see on future episodes? You can contact us by leaving a comment at thewellroundedwolf.com or email calvin at thewellroundedwolf.com. We'll see you with another fresh episode in two weeks. We're, We're out. out. Peace. Peace.